knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. But if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He that comes after me came before me, for he was before me. For of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. Our study continues in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Here is Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Good day, friends. We again come to you, and it's a real joy again for me to discuss with you the wonderful things concerning our Savior. And we are in the second chapter of the book of Galatians, and we're dealing with the last few verses of the chapter. In fact, we're down to verses 19, 20, and 21. And I would like to read those few verses now. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. We have been discussing in these passages of Scripture uh, justification by faith. We have where the Apostle Paul rebuked Peter 
for the inconsistency of his action, and that he wanted to put the Gentiles under that from which he himself had been delivered. And then he, he revealed the folly of legalism. Uh, the Jews left the law to be justified by Christ. Then why bring the justified Gentiles under the law? And as we said, it's either wrong to flee to Christ at all or wrong to flee back to the law. Now, I'd like to emphasize very strongly the fact to Judaize Christianity, that is, to make it a system of legalism, is to frustrate the grace of God. For Christianity is founded not on human merit, but on faith. Indeed, I'll make it that much, I'll make it stronger than that. To Judaize Christianity is to destroy it. It's no longer Christianity. For the simple reason that Judaism has to do with the question of keeping the law of Moses, not only the Ten Commandments, but all the Levitical laws, the sacrificial laws, cleansing laws, all are a part of the whole. Whereas Christianity is a life, and it comes to a person by personal union with the Savior. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Or as if I may go to Romans chapter 10, the fourth verse, which says, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, this is what Paul is standing for. Uh, and Peter, who knew this truth, was not walking uprightly according to the gospel. He was trying to make Gentiles come under that from which he had been delivered. You remember that passage in Romans 10, if I may go back to it, in the third verse I read, the Jewish people who going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. May I remind you that when a person seeks to establish their own righteousness before God, they are manifesting their ignorance of God's righteousness. And then in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the gospel is a revelation of the righteousness of God. And once a person sees the righteousness of God, my friend, we see the utter folly of a person trying to fit themselves for the presence of God. Indeed, when, when Daniel saw the Lord in his righteousness, he said, my comeliness has turned to uncomeliness. And, and Daniel was a wonderful man. You treat the great prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 when he saw the Lord. He said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live in the midst of people of unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the king. What did Job have to say about it when he saw the Lord? I've heard of thee by the hearing of mine ears. Now mine eyes see thee. I abhor myself. When Peter saw the Lord, he said, depart from me, O Lord for I am a wicked man, quoting Luke chapter 5. You see, even the Apostle Paul, once he saw the righteousness of Christ, everything else faded out of the picture. As he could say in Philippians 3, 9, I'm going to be found not in mine own righteousness, which is of the law, which is by works, but that which is through the faith of Christ, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. What I'm trying to get to your hearts and minds this morning, or whatever time of the day it is where you are, may I say that you 
cannot stand before God on any other ground than on the ground of the righteousness of Christ. As I've so oftentimes said on these broadcasts, there is only one righteousness, and that's God's righteousness. And you must have something that will equal his. You see, that's impossible. That's true. Man cannot produce such a thing. But listen, when you and I accept the Savior, remember he not only died to put away our sins, but he died to make it possible for God in his holiness and righteousness to declare righteous those who believe in his Son. Again, I would urge you to read Romans 3, 21 to 31. And remember that God is the one who justifies the ungodly who believe. Now, we've had that in verse 16, 17, and 18. And having accepted Christ as Savior, to go back to legality, to go back to the works of the flesh or the works of the law, we ruin Christianity. The law has had nothing to say since the cross. And you and I who have accepted the Savior, we've been joined to a risen Christ. Now when we come to the last three verses of the chapter, which I read a few moments ago, we have the error of this very thing. In verses 19 to 21, I through the law am dead to the law for the purpose that I might live unto God. Well, Paul, when did you die? I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. You see, the law, all the law can do is to slay. In verse 19, if I am going to live unto God, then I must be freed from the law. And the only way we can be freed from it is by death. For example, I'm living here in the city of Portland. I'm under the laws of the city of Portland. As long as I'm living in the city of Portland, I'm under its laws. But if I die and I'm buried, I'm, death has severed me from all relationship to that law. Now then, when Christ died, he not only died for my sins, but he died for me. He not only died for the acts, but for the actors. And Paul here is saying that death has come in, and through this death we have been, the relationship to the law has been severed. I'm going to make a, a strong statement, and I, and I hope you will, you'll bear with me when I say this. The law was never given as a means of life to the unsaved, nor was it ever given as a rule of life to the saved. Now, you say, well, Mr. Mitchell, don't we have to keep the Ten Commandments? May I suggest to you that in all the, all the revelation of truth given to us in the epistles, nine of the Ten Commandments are involved. There's only one left out, and that's the Sabbath day. That's an amazing thing, is it not? Why not the Sabbath day? Because the Sabbath day is a sign of a covenant between God and the people of Israel. If I were taking the time to go into that, I could point out to you that even in the gospel through John, when our Lord was here, he recognized that. Why did Jesus Christ, for example, go out of his way to perform miracles on the Sabbath day? And why did he make them carry burdens on the Sabbath day? 
Why did he make the man go to wash in the pool of Siloam on the Sabbath day? Why not just speak the word and heal him? He could have done that. Why not? Because having spurned the God of the covenant, there was no need to keep up the sign of the covenant. I say that very frankly. That's why I say the law was not given to the Christian. It was not given as a, a rule of life to the Christian. It's not given as a means of life to the unsaved. We're saved by Christ. And the death of Christ has severed all relationship to the law in every capacity. What for? That I might live unto God? You see, the natural thing, if I as a Christian want to live unto God, I'm going to look for something that I must do instead of letting Christ live out his life through me. Christianity is a life, and that life is Christ. As Paul, you could say in chapter 2, verse 20, I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. This is why you could say in Philippians, chapter, chapter 1, verse 20, whether by life or by death, Christ be magnified, Christ be magnified in my body, for to me to live, Christ. To die is to be with Christ. I count all things but loss that I might know him in an experience where Christ is living out his life in us. Death severs relationships. If I were teaching the book of Romans, for example, I'd point out in chapter 5, from verse 20 to 12 to 21, the death of Christ has severed me from a condemned race. In chapter 6, the death of Christ has severed the relationship to sin as a master in my life. In chapter 7 of Romans, the death of Christ has severed the relationship to the law as a means of holiness. And in chapter 8, I'm in Christ. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. This is Romans chapter 8, the second verse. You see, what I've been trying to get to your hearts these last two or three lessons I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, did a perfect work. And the only way which you and I can be delivered from legalism and from legality and from the works of the law and being saved by the law or justified by the law is through death. And I, through the law, am dead to the law. What do you mean? The law slew me in the person of my substitute, Jesus Christ, for the purpose that I might live unto God. Now, if I were talking about Hebrews in chapter 10, was it chapter 9, chapter 10, where he's finishing up the argument of Hebrews on the sufficiency of the work of Christ, its superiority over Old Testament sacrifices were offered under the law, that we've been delivered from that for the purpose, delivered from dead works, for the purpose of living unto God. You see, when you live for yourself, it's dead works. Can't produce anything that will satisfy God. You must, first of all, be in Christ. You can't add. What I'm trying to get to your heart is you cannot add one thing to the work of Christ which he accomplished on the cross. So we have here in verse 19 that the law has severed the revelation. We've been severed from the law. Because of death, the relationship has been severed. It can't do no more. In fact, I'll say this, the law cannot even accuse us 
anymore. I'm speaking about those who've really trusted the Savior. You find this in Romans chapter 8, 33 to 34. Who was he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. By the way, do you want to know some people who never break the law of the land? Do you know there are thousands of people in America who never break the law, never break the law? Do you know where you find them? In the graveyard. Death has come in and severed the relationship. You don't find policemen patrolling the graveyards. They're dead. Death has come in and severed the relationship and severed the responsibility between those who are dead and those and the arm of the law in the city. So we were crucified with Christ. This is what the question, the question is raised in 19 and answered in 20. Now the question is raised as this, Paul, when did you die to the law? For he has just said, I through the law am dead to the law. Then when did you die to the law? I was crucified with Christ. Is a past tense, by the way. I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ is my substitute. When Christ died in my stead, when Christ died in your stead, my friend, you died. Your history as a sinner came to an end. Now, this is a fact. This is not something you feel. You don't experience facts. As far as God's concerned, your history as a sinner came to an end. The cross announces the end of all human merit. We don't like that, do we? I say we don't like that, do we? We want some credit for something. No, my friend, it says in the Bible, no flesh will glory in his presence. There's going to be no boasting, it's excluded. By what, work, by what law of works? Nay, by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is declared righteous by faith without the deeds of the law. When were you slain? At the cross. I say, you didn't feel that. You don't feel that. You don't feel crucifixion. Christ died. He was the one that was crucified, not you. I have met some people who say that they're being, they have to crucify themselves every day, not according to the Scriptures. You can only die once. Christ died for me. Christ was crucified in my stead. Mitchell is the one who should have died. You were the one who should have died. Christ took your place. He bore your sin. And I say this reverently, all the holy law of God could do with Jesus Christ when he bore your sin and my sin was to curse him, making him a cursed thing. For it says, cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. And he died your death and my death. Do you know that verse in Romans chapter 1, seventh verse, where the beloved of God called what? Called saints, saints. Not saints by character, saints by calling. I wish in some way I could put this so you could all understand what I'm talking about. The fact is, when Christ died, you died. You remember Romans chapter 6, the first 11 verses? I read, for example, Our old man was crucified with him. All that I was in Adam was crucified with Christ at the body of sin, might be rendered inactive. 
in that he died, he died unto sin once, in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. In like manner, reckon yourselves indeed to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And now he says here in this passage that the law slew him and we were separated from him. And the same thing in Romans chapter 7, the first seven verses. Death severs the relationship to the law. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 to 17, when Paul says, The love of Christ overmasters me, because I thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. In Colossians chapter 3, If ye then be risen with Christ, and what kind of folk rise? Verse 3 says, You have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You're not dying daily. You died. Dead men have quit dying. Dying men are not dead. Now, what are you? The law said it slew me. Paul says, I'm dead to the law. Paul says, I was crucified with Christ. To whom were you joined? Was it not to the one who came forth in resurrection? Are you and I as Christians not united to the man who burst the bands of the tomb, who's exalted to God's right hand? Death is behind us. The grave is behind us. The law is behind us. The law has nothing to say to those who are in Christ. The law is perfectly satisfied because we're in Christ. Christ met all the demands of the Lord at the cross. It's not the life of Christ that saves us. It's the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. And it was absolutely sufficient to take sinners, transform them into the children of God. Oh, I wish I could make this real to you. If any man be in this risen Christ, says Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in this risen Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Listen to this verse. I no longer live. Christ liveth in me. When were you slain? At the cross. And I want to again repeat it. The cross announces to all men everywhere the end of all human merit. As I said in the preceding lesson, when God raised his son from the dead, it was God telling the human race that he will recognize and acknowledge no other salvation but that salvation which is in Jesus Christ his son. And he guarantees that by the resurrection. You know the song we sing sometime? I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And now, as new men, new women in Christ, he doesn't leave us to our own selves to live. The Spirit of God indwells us for the purpose of living unto God. Now, let's look at that 20th verse. I was, and by the way, it's an act. It's not I am being crucified with Christ. It's already passed. This is a fact. Whether I feel it or whether I don't feel it, the fact is that Christ died my death, that he bore my sin. He was cursed for me, and that I now in resurrection am joined to him. I no longer live says Paul, but Christ liveth in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ liveth in me. My, what a relief. What a relief from all self-effort. What a relief from the strain and the struggle that we used to have. How we struggle to please God. How we struggle to get saved. How we struggle to keep saved. Now we're at rest. I no longer live. Why, I say, what a relief. What a relief. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. What do you mean by that? We're no longer enemies of God. Is that all? Oh, no. Oh, no. We have peace. We're no longer under a strain. No longer struggling. No longer filled with disappointing self-effort. Just resting in him. My, what a life. What a life. What a life. No longer I, says Paul, but Christ liveth in me. Now, why not enjoy that today? Why not just put yourself in the hands of the Lord Jesus, you Christians, and say, thank God he's going to live the life what he wants to live in and through me. And that's where I'm going to live today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.